Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. of God this morning. Amen. If you would, if you'll, uh, we're going to start in Psalms 100. My part of worship is the direction of worship. And while you're turning to Psalms 100, uh, one definition of worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Amen. Psalms 100, we'll read the whole five verses. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that had made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. I'm so thankful to be his people. He said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, truly we do love you, and we do praise you, God. We thank you for being a God of God, God. And we just ask you, God, to talk to our hearts, our souls, and our minds. God, let us be not only hearers of your word, God, but let us be doers of your word. Lord, we just thank you so much, God, that you woke us up clothed in a right mind, a mind to want to serve you, God. More than anything, God, we want to hear you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Lord, we just love you and we praise you, God, in your wonderful name we pray. Could we give the Lord a big cheer for you sit down, amen, amen. And you can be seated, amen. It's really good to be Wayne Williams this morning. My wife has been asked to help out in Sunday school, so she's not in here, Brother Allen, so... Anything that I might say about her, she will never know unless y'all happen to tell her. And I read this morning about one of the seven things the Lord hates is discord amongst the brethren. Amen. So please, let's have no discord in Wayne and Sharon's life. Amen. Truly, uh, one definition, Sister Amanda said it Wednesday night, uh, I wrote down is we must be willing to humble ourselves before God, surrender every part of our lives to his control and adore him for who is he, not just what he has for who he is and not just for what he has done? And Brother Boyd just said, worship is a lifestyle, not just an occasional activity. I want to say this before I forget to say this. Last week, we celebrated Brother and Sister Boyd's uh, 30th anniversary Saturday night. I leaned over and told Sharon, I said, gosh, 30 years, that's just really, really wonderful, Brother Danny. I said, we only made it one year is all we made it, so... I really admire them. 30 years, that's, that's a long time. Amen. But what great shepherds God has said over this house. God, just appreciate their leadership. Appreciate y'all all welcoming us into the family. 
I, I want to start out, and I don't know why the Lord gave me this, this word, but I'd just like to read this, and we'll get talking about worship. In Psalms 119 and 165, says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and the word nothing. Church, say nothing. Nothing shall offend them. Sister Smith said that nothing that anybody would say or do should ever separate us for the love of God. Church, eternity's too long to let anything come between you and your worship and your service to God. Sister Jen, God's been too good to me. The devil's threatened this and threatened that, but he's just a threater. That's all. He's a liar and he's the father of all lies, Brother Everett. But it says nothing. If you want peace in your life, Brother Dan, you've got to get Jesus in your life. Because Jesus can bring about peace. He can speak to the storms, Brother Tyson, when things is all rocking and railing around you. I'm thankful for that worship. I'm thankful, Brother Jack, for that worship that means a lifestyle. It's more than just putting on your best clothes and coming to church on Sunday or on Wednesday or go visit somebody in the hospital or go to the convalescent home. It's a lifestyle. Sister Jane, it's about waking up every day and people seeing God in your life. The Bible said that people might see your good works and glorify the Father. So for just a few moments, I'd like to talk to you this morning about the direction of worship. I thought about how the Bible said in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, where it talked about where Jesus had come out of the 40-day fast out of the wilderness and we know Satan met him there and tempted him. And this was the third thing that Satan tempted him with. He said, and again, the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thy serve. Can I tell you somewhere, Somehow, some way, Sister Melinda, we're going to worship either the God of this world or the God of all. Hey, Sister Debbie, we, the devil is after all of us because he wants our worship that is rightly due to go, Brother Ray, to go to God. And he wants us to worship him. And, and it, was, it was crazy that he would offer the God that had it all, Brother Wayne, to offer him what was already his. But, but we know that it's a lifestyle about serving God. I'd like to, and I'm not trying to cross doctrines here and, and whatever pastor has taught us in the past, this is what I, uh, we're going to go with. But I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about, and this goes with, with worship, Sister Smith, about the days of affliction, about the, the, the Bible said in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, he said, And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 21 and 22, he said, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. If you think about that, I don't know how we believe, Brother Brian, whether we believe in moving in rapture or pre-trib or after-trib, but here's what I want to tell you this morning. 
no matter if you go before, if you go during, or, or you go after. If you got enough Holy Ghost to go before, you got enough Holy Ghost to go at the end, brother Boyd. Amen. Because the same God, He's He's able to keep us through whatever. But this this is really what I want to drive at this morning. It said in Revelations thirteen six through nine, He said, and He opened His mouth and blasphemed against God, to blaspheme His name and His tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And the power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And verse 8 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name is not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And verse 9 said, If any man have an ear, let him hear. Aren't you glad that your name's been written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Brother Pope, that's what he said. It said, all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain. So the devil could, could Brother Darrell could try to intimidate us about what might be coming down the road. But you can take consolation and take, and, and take faith and, and, and uh, I don't really know the word, but to take comfort, to know Sister Susan, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, amen? And nothing can take your name out of the Lamb's book of life, amen? And Revelation 7, 9 through 4 says, this is what is really, is just so wonderful to me. He says, and after this, he said, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence come they? And, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Aren't you glad for a God that can take you through whatever you might come your way, Brother Jack? Aren't you glad for a God that said that they couldn't pluck you out of his hand? Amen. Aren't you glad for a God that, that the, 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 the word said that heaven and earth would pass away? But his words was last forever. Sister Lana, aren't you thankful for that? It don't matter where we find ourselves at, Sister Terry. God can take us through it. If we get to the point of where we have to go through some of this, God said, he's going to take us through it, Sister Boyd. He, the man in the, in said, who are these? And he said, these are they that come out of great tribulation. I thought about a song that was that used to play at the, at the radio at home and and it talked about how this king was getting older and he was going to get some an heir. He didn't have nobody to take his place on the throne. Said he was riding through town and looked and said there was a little beggar boy. And he said, he called him over there and he said, son, he said, do you have a family? He said, no, sir. He said, I'm just an old beggar boy. And he said, I don't have nobody. I just beg for what I can get. He said, won't you come on to the king's house that you can come stay with me and you can be my son and I'll give you the very best, I'll put you in the best room and give you the best clothes and you'll never be hungry again. Some, some months later, said the servant come in and said, son, said, why you still got those old clothes in the corner of your room there? Said, you throw them things away. Brother Everett, the song said, no. He said, I never want to forget where, where God brought me from. Church, 
Let's don't ever forget where God brought us from. It don't matter what the old devil tells you. It don't matter. He, can't, he cannot take control of you. It don't matter if you go through tribulation. God said, these are they that come out of great tribulation. God can say, if whatever you commit to him, God's able to keep that. Amen. You know, aren't you thankful? I'm one of those fellows that just didn't have much, but God came. Sister Amy, when I was lost and undone and dealt with my heart, I'm so thankful for that, Brother Michael, that God's, even though I turned my back on God and walked away from God, I've got, so, I've got a worship lifestyle that, that I just want to worship God because I'm ever so thankful for God. God done something for me, Sister Debbie, nobody could ever do. God died on that cross and made a way for me to go to heaven. The Bible said, while I was yet a sinner, that Christ died for me, Brother Donnie. I'm like this little fella in the song. I never want to forget. Never want to forget where God brought me from. I've gotten reasons when I wake in the morning just to raise my hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Brother Larry, when I think about what an old wretched old man I was and how many times I could have died lost and undone without God in my life. How the devil told me, Sister Smith, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. But God's mercy and God's kindness his loving grace just reached down and grabbed me, Sister Susan. I think back in my mind how many times that I could have just died. I remember one time I was in a canoe, and the canoe tipped over. And I, go, I, just, I ain't a very good swimmer. And I just, but by the grace of God, there was a branch there that I just put my feet on and mashed, and it just brought me right on up. I could have died in that state. I was lost and undone. Oh, aren't you thankful for a God? They said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It don't matter what the devil tells you. God can keep whatever you committed to him against that day, church. Amen? I thought about, and I know y'all know the story about Abraham and Isaac, and I won't be here very long, but, but sometimes, you know, when God, Sister Debbie, promises us things or we believe God spoke something into our life, if you're like old Wayne, you want it like then. I'd like to have it before, you know, you get through speaking. God, just go ahead and give it to me. But see, Brother Kevin, it don't always work that way with God. And we all know the story about Abraham and, and how that in Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house and unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Wow-wee, what a promise. If he talked that to Brother Wayne, I would have thought, that's going to happen right now. But I believe if I'm right, Abraham started serving God when he was 75. As we all know, that promise never made it here until he was about 100. Could you imagine waiting on your promise for 25 years? I wonder how many times old Wayne would have just walked off and said, I'd have been like Abraham. Well, God, maybe this servant's just going to be my son. He said, no, no, I got one coming. No, maybe I'll, maybe this bondswoman, maybe that. I said, no, no, that ain't it. I've got you one coming. Abraham, I've got you a son coming. In Genesis 15, 5 through 6, he said, he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. Tell the, tell the stars if I be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. You just know Abraham just thought, it's any day. It's any day. But I will say this. Aren't you glad you go to a church where they preach faith? 
that you serve a God that never fails, that he's not a God that sleeps or he's not a God that takes vacation. He's not a God that can't hear you, that we've got men and women of God that encourage you to exercise your faith. They encourage you to get out of the boat, to, to just say, God, you told me I can come. I'm coming, God. It don't matter if it takes one year, five years, or 25 years, God. If you said it, I'm just going to step out there and believe that thing. Genesis 22 and 1 through 8 said this is, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, behold, here am I. He said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Aren't you glad God said that your only son Isaac, amen? He said, your only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And the Bible said that Abraham rose up early in the morning. Pastor, sounded like he was eager to get going, just what God told him to do. I thought about, you know, when Sodom and Gomorrah and, 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 and um, Abraham was talking to God about, if there just be 50 and there be 40, and he worked it down to 10. And we all know the story about Lot and his, his wife and his two daughters. But the Bible said that, that God sent angels to take those by the hand to lead them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. But this says that Abraham rose up early. He was eager to do what God wanted him to do, Brother Rayleigh. So he got up early, and he said he saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into a place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad. Now think about what he's fixing to go do. He said, We will go yonder and worship. He said, we'll go yonder and worship because he had a lifestyle. He had a lifestyle of trusting and serving God. He wasn't always perfect. He didn't always fall just right for him, but he had a lifestyle that he worshiped God and he trusted God. Amen. He, when God said, I want you to offer me just your very best, the Bible said he got up early and he loaded up and he got his two servants and said, we're striking out what God told us to do. And Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself, himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And we all know the story. And, and I often thought before I did some background checking into this that, that um, Isaac was just a small child, but he was a, a man maybe as, as old as 19 or 20. So that means that Abraham had waited 25 years for the promise, waited another 20 years to build a relationship with his only son. Then God said, I just want your best. No, God told a man one time, he said, if you've done your best, it'll be accepted. But if you ain't done your best, he said, sin lies at your door. God just wants our best, church. The devil will tell you, you can just give him 25%, or the devil will tell you, you can give him 30%. But God said, I just want your best. The Bible said in Hebrews 11, 17, and 19, he said, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. 
But he said, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. James 2 and 21 through 23 said, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeing thou how, how faith wrought in his works, by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called a friend of God. Oh, what a word, Brother Junior, to be called a friend of God. Abraham wasn't a superhuman. He was a man just like me and you. Sister Donnie hurt just like me and you. But he was called a friend of God because he said God will provide him a sacrifice. When God put his feet to the fire, Brother Tim, he didn't back up. He said he got up early and he said, let's go. I want to be a friend of God, don't you? I want my life to show that I'm a friend of God and I'm a worshiper of God. I don't want to come to church and worship because somebody else is worshiping Brother Allen. I want to come to church and worship because God has done something in my life because I've got something to worship God about. I thought about it as I was studying. I don't, um, we weren't even serving God way back, way back when this happened. Sharon was a manager at Hardy's. And Brother Philip, we hadn't been married very long, and I was working at Winn-Dixie and never even talked about serving God anything. Sister Jen just never crossed, didn't even talk about it. She called me one day, and she said, man, I've got some bad news. I said, what in the world? She said, I just got fired. I said, what? Now, how many of y'all have ever got a phone call like that? that your spouse has just got fired, and all that responsibility piles up on your shoulders. I started thinking, we in deep trouble. Our ship is sinking. I remember there's a rest, uh, burger house um, in Chieflin, it's called Ralph's Hamburger. My daughter, my oldest daughter, always liked to go there and get her a hamburger. She was crying one day after her mama got fired. I said, baby, what's your problem? And I told her she's just a crying. And so I said, she said, we'll never be able to go to Ralph's and get us a hamburger. <laughs> my world's falling apart, and you're concerned about eating a Ralph's hamburger? I'm worried about having to pay a light bill and a house payment, some car payments, and you wondering about you'll never get to eat another Ralph's burger. But see, I was just, Brother Kevin, I was just lost and undone. Didn't have, didn't even know to reach out. I didn't have a relationship with God that I could talk to God, that I could say, God, this is on you. I, I can't fix this. But here's a crazy thing about God, Sister Townsend. We're just lost and undone. Ain't even got God on our mind, Brother Bobby. Me and Sharon never talked about what kind of beliefs she had and what kind of beliefs I had. Even when my world got wiped out, Brother Orlando, I never thought I'd go back to my roots and start praying. Never thought about none of that. I thought about what was I going to do? What is my arm of the flesh going to do for me, Sister Lynn? I got to do this. I got to fix this problem. I wish I'd have been like Abraham and said, God, I'm just going to hold on. Even though it's going to take a long time, I wouldn't like that. I just went back out in the world. But God being God just started moving things around. We never even prayed. God opened up doors. Sister April that we never even dreamed of, never thought about. By the grace of God, and I'll hurry up the story, but anyway... 
opened up doors for where she could start going to school. He paid for all her schooling. She went to school to be an x-ray tech. He opened up doors there and paid for all that. I think he paid for all her books, her uniforms. The big moon didn't come up and say, Wayne, start going to church. That didn't work in my life. I just thought, man, we got some good luck going on here. You know, most, most people would say, man, you know, but not old Wayne, he ain't smart like that. But long story short is, by the grace of God, he got her a job. The other day we was going home from Madison. I hate to say this, a bunch of men being here, but she said, oh, by the way, honey, I got my W-2 form this year. I said, you did? She told me how much she made. She said, well, how much you make? I just kept driving. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll tell you that she made more than I made, right, Jack? <laughs> I had a chance to be boastful about it. She done shot me down. But my point is this, Brother Michael. God loves us so much. So I'd expect that now because I've been serving God for over 20 years, Sister Amy. But I was just an old rank sinner. My wife was just, oh, God, I got a lot to worship him for. See, here's the crazy thing, Sister Jane. When we go to a Hardee's or anywhere in the fast food business, I tell honey all the time, I say, hey, they're looking for managers. You can get a job there, right? You can get a job there. She said, oh, no. She said, I like to be in an x-ray tape. God put her just right where she said. You realize, I tell her this all the time, Sister Melinda, you have an opportunity to pray for people when they, when you're taking an x-ray. You have an they don't. You don't have to be dancing and shouting and all that. You can just be saying a word of prayer. You can be a witness. When we thought our world, Sister Jen, was upside down, God said, just hang on, son. I'm going to talk to you one Sunday morning, and I'm going to tell you you need to get your sorry self up out of bed and quit letting somebody else take your kids to church and get yourself right in church. I'm thankful for a God that didn't wait until I got my life right. He says, man, ain't you glad that God don't wait until you get your life right? Because God will get your life right if you'll just turn yourself over to God. If you'll learn to be a worshiper, it don't matter who sits beside you. It don't matter what kind of day you had. If you're a worshiper, see, when we go by hardest, we're worshiping. Because we understand that's where God brought us from over there. See, we don't, it ain't just a hamburger joint to Wayne and Sharon. See, it ain't just because we understand. We, we understand that if it hadn't been for God working under undercurrent when we thought our world, and our world was upside down. I'm thankful for a God that don't say, Wayne, you got to get it right, man, before I'm going to make you part of my family. He said, man, you all messed up. You're a good candidate for my family. Amen? Oh, I'm so thankful. God, that's why I worship God. That's, that's why I get excited for an opportunity to go to church. Amen? I don't want to miss my, because God's been too good to me and my family. Amen? And so moving on, I got to be hurry here. I want to tell you this real quickly about David and Goliath. Everybody, you know, even if you're not saved, Brother Leonard, everybody knows the story about David and Goliath. And it was said one time that Americans love the underdog. So we all, Brother how we all gravitate to David. And so I'm not going to get too much into the story. But now we know that down the road that David did kill the giant. And by doing that, he got Saul's daughter to marry. But there was a problem with old Saul. You know, David never done anything to try to take the kingdom, Brother Kenny, from Saul. All he ever done was went out and defended the kingdom and done his very best for the kingdom. 
But there were some folks that started singing some songs that said that Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. Brother Junior, the Bible said it was a jealousy spirit that come upon Saul. And we were coming over this morning. I had Sharon check, and the Bible said in Ecclesiastes that jealousy is crueler than the grave. The devil don't care what he uses. Sister Gracie, he just wants us. Hey, man, he don't care what he puts in your heart, Sister Betty. He just wants you. The man was trying to, they were doing everything he could for the kingdom. Saul was doing everything he could to kill him. So at this point in the story, David's on a, on a journey now, and he's headed out of town because Saul was looking to kill him. The Bible said that David went to the city of Nob to the priest Amalek for bread Brother Bobby, there ain't no better time to go to the house of God than when you got trouble. Huh? When you got trouble, that's the place to go. Amen. I like to go to church when I ain't got troubles. Huh? <laughs> but if I do have troubles, Brother brother Hal, I want to get to the house of God where somebody can put their hands on me, somebody can pray for me, somebody can give me an encouraging word where, where the, the man or the woman of God can give me a word of encouragement. David said, I got to get to the house of God. Let me hurry up. First Samuel 21, 8 through 9, and said, David said unto Amalek, and, and is there not here under thy hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, Behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it. He said, for there is none other save that. And I love this response. David said, there is none like that. Come on now, church. You can preach that right there. There is none like that, Sister Summer. He said, but give it to me. Now, I don't know about you. I, I'm from Chiefland, so I ain't very smart, but I, I could just see him just holding that sword of Goliath, just holding that thing. So soon, you know what I mean? And his old mind runs through the back 40 back there thinking about, man, this is my sword. This is where it all happened. This old big old giant, he was making fun of my brethren. My brethren was being men. They was hid up in the holes up in the cave somewhere. They weren't even going to fight this big old guy. Oh, don't you know those memories just flooded his mind, Brother Bobby? Had he thought about when he took that old smooth stone and rolled that old sling around? He rolled that thing around. Let me read this real quick before I get sidetracked here. This is what he said. He said, then David to the Philistines said, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. He said, But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Huh? The name. There's power in that name called Jesus. There ain't but one thing, Brother Wayne, the devil's going to back up on. You just hit him with that word. Amen. Hit him in that Jesus name, man. He can't mess with that Jesus name. Amen. He said, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. 
This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And they were so bold. He said, I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day. This day, something's got to change. Have you ever been in a place in your life, this day was your day? He said, this day, unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Brother Jack, I just picture old David holding that sword and his mind has come back to when he dropped that big giant by the mercies of God. Brother, ever I got things, monuments in my life that I look back, I think about, God, you've done something in my life. I just told y'all about one where when we ride by our hardies, we laugh about it now, Brother Boy, but we weren't laughing back there way back yonder. That's like our sword. When we take that sword out, we look at that thing, Sister Summer. Things I think back in my mind, I, I can just see him just holding that sword thing. This is what I need. I didn't come here with a sword, but I've got me one now. This brings back some memory. I, I, it made me think about Sister Susan. We used to have prayer service at church. As usual with Wayne, he got sidetracked and got running home late. As usual with Wayne, he threw the kids in the car and the wife in the car, and we had to get to church, and I heard something go, bum, Oh, Sister Amy, it was a bad day to be Wayne. Got jumped out of the car, and I'd run over my cat. Wayne, being the great faith man of God that he is, Brother Billy, he said, let's go to the hospital. To the vet place. Ain't there a vet place open now? And Sharon said, yes, yes, there's a vet place open. But she said, you know, they're having prayer service at church. Yeah, but my cat's bleeding in every portal. It's bleeding. I don't really, I know we got prayer service. I really don't want to go to prayer service. I want to go to Gainesville and take my cat. She said, don't you really want to go to church? Well, Larry, I, I wish I could be more spiritual, but I said, no, I really, I thought she'd misunderstood me. <laughs> so her being a good, obedient wife, we go to church. I walk in this church, and this cat in my hands just, just blood pouring out. And I was expecting a response like, are you crazy? But I didn't get that response, Brother Darrell. I had some folks come up and said, let's pray for this cat. These people laid their hands on my cat, Brother Al, and prayed for my cat. Y'all know God raised that cat up. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and say amen. Huh? We didn't go to games, but we finished having prayer service right there at church. Went back home, put that cat in her little bed. A few days, that cat was up running around. What I'm trying to tell you, churches, we all got monuments. I wrote a little thing here that said scars are a reminder of things that happen. At that time when you have that boo-boo, when my cat was bleeding, I thought that's going to be a terrible day. I'm going to have to bury my cat. But God said, no, this is just a scar. This is just a scar, Sister Betty. I can think back at times and call back to my mind. See, the thing is, let me just say this to you. If God cares enough about my cat, God cares about anything that's in your life. Because, see, see, I can say this. I boastfully say in God, there is nothing impossible to those that believe, Brother Jack. God's not going, God ain't intimidated about my cat being ran over. God just wants somebody 
to get out the boat. Get out the boat. See, it's about having faith to believe. It's about a lifestyle. In closing, I'm going to talk to you real quickly about a man called Legion. Mark 5, 1 through 6, And there came over unto the other side of the sea in the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broke in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But I love this part, he said, but when he saw Jesus afar off, said he ran and worshipped him. Said he ran and worshipped him. Now, when you read on that story there, Brother Kenny, those spirits that start talking to God wasn't the man. The man ran and worshipped God. The man wanted some relief. I'm so thankful, Sister Shannon, for God that when I need him, God's right there as close as my breath. I love this part in this story about Mark 5 and 15. It says, And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, had the legion, and had the legion sitting and clothing in his right mind. Aren't you glad when you come to God, no matter what's going on in your mind or going on in your word, Brother Philip? No matter how bad your world's been turned this way or Brother Brian has turned that way, God can make you be clothed and in your right mind if you'll just take a seat at the feet of Jesus, Sister Donna. Brother Kevin used to work with us at Winn-Dixie. And I asked him one time before, I think he said it was in 98 or 99, he gave us a swimming pool, Sister Boyd. Him and Brother Fears and some others come over to the house, put the pool up for us. I wasn't serving God at that time neither. I just wanted a pool to keep my girls from the springs down there at Manatee. I don't want to make sure who was coming to my house. I could control who got in that swimming pool, who didn't get in that swimming pool. That's all I really cared about. I don't know if God had talked Brother Kevin and gave him any kind of vision or anything, but they started a church in Chiefland December of 2004. My daddy, I was growing up, the only thing my daddy ever had to do with church was to keep my mom from going to church. He was the best. At, he never bothered about riding around the woods until she started going to church. Then Brother Ben, he'd come up with the idea, let's, let's go riding through the woods this afternoon and see what's happening. Knowing she wanted to go to church, but he'd just take her right around the woods so she didn't get to go to church, and we didn't either. But see, when we got that pool, I just wanted it for my kids. But God knew they was going to start a church there in Chiefland. And our whole family started going to church. Brother, my dad got baptized. Mama got baptized. Me and my whole family got baptized. My sister and her husband, her son got baptized in that pool. 
Seeing back in 1998, it was just a pool to keep my kids out of Manatee Springs. <laughs> but God said, no, it's a pool. I'm going to baptize you in Jesus' name. It's going to change your life. It's going to take the directory where you're going down the broad path and bring you back to the snake straight and the narrow path. Your daddy that used to prevent your mama and y'all from going to church, I'm going to give him a double dose of the Holy Ghost, and he's going to cut up like a sprayed chicken in church. And he always opened his heart to where he'd go to the store and buy stuff, Sister Jane. He didn't even need, but people would come to his house and he'd say, Hey, go in that freezer, get you a little bit something. Here's a little $20 bill to help you along. Could I get you to stand? What I'm trying to tell you is, church, if you'll make God your worship, if you'll remember where God brought you from and what God done for you, if you like old Wayne Williams, you got a lot to worship the Lord for. Amen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.